1: Today on CityCast Madison. It's Thursday, so of course, we're dishing on Madison's food scene, which is, by the way, brimming with new restaurants and food options. We sat down with our friend Lindsay Christians, food editor at the Cap Times, to get a download of new spots in our area and some expected to come this fall. Also, we did ask her about a certain cooking show filming in town, (laughs) Top Chef, and what she can spill about that. Sorry, not sorry. It's Thursday, August 31st. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's been a beautiful summer.
1: There has been a bunch of new restaurants that opened in Madison area in the Madison area lately. What are some of your favorites?
0: Oh my gosh, I have several. So, one that I've already been to twice is La Land on Monroe Street. It is a new restaurant from the owner of Bloom Bake Shop, and it's beautiful. It's French-inspired. Both times I have gone and I start with uh, tart flambe, which is sort of like uh, pizza dough. And they have one with bacon and one with summer squash and like caramelized onions on there, a little bit, a little bit of creme fraiche. It's beautiful. And then tons of lovely vegetable things. And it's just It was it was lovely. My husband had the steak the other day. It's a gorgeous restaurant, but it's it has kind of a rustic vibe, too. And I have to say, I don't know if we've talked about this this before, but the bathrooms
1: (laughs) are really amazing. If we haven't, we should (laughs) have. I think the bathroom, I think maybe we have just like how important the bathroom is.
0: Yeah, they are they have really, really cool wallpaper in the bathroom. I don't want to say too much more about it, but everybody needs to go to Lalonde and then like have an excuse to go to the bathroom because they're really neat. And I like the cocktail list is really short um, and the menu is very well curated. So they get little cheese boards and meat boards and things like that, too. And we the first time we went, we sat up at the bar and we were talking to our server. And my husband was like, where would the name come from? Like, what's Lalonde? And our server was like, it was my grandmother's name because that was the owner's daughter who was serving us. So it was just lovely.
1: Oh, beautiful. A family restaurant.
0: But kind of Frenchy, very seasonal. So really nice.
1: Yeah, it sounds almost like, you know, we just talked to your friend, the chef at, over at Papavaro, um, Francesco, and he was talking about, you know, kind of put a word to what's going on in there, where it's like this nice food, but it's also got a rustic vibe. Is Are there any parallels there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think... That Papavro does similar things in terms of wanting to cook food that's so- sort of forgiving in terms of how you work with it, how you execute it. It's not like super technical. It's a little bit more farmhousey. And I love it. I thought it was lovely. Other places that I like, one of them is out in Middleton. It's called Pequito. yeah, and it's a new Peruvian restaurant. And the Piquito is like a chicken character too that they can like have pictures, you take pictures with Paquito. They're doing like quarter, half chicken. They're doing beautiful chicha morada, which is this lovely like purple (laughs) purple Peruvian drink that's a little bit sweet, it's made of corn and just delicious. The owners of Paquito used to run Inca Heritage in Madison and also Estacion Inca before they sold that. Estacion Inca is right by campus and Inca Heritage was down on Park Street, I believe. And they moved away, like, I want to say seven years ago, and they sold Estacion Inca at the time. And then they came back this past winter and have opened up Pequito in, like, this... It's right next to a gas station in Middleton. It doesn't, like, look like a lot from the outside, but the food is absolutely delicious.
1: I love Peruvian.
0: Yeah, plantains, cilantro rice, just all kinds of delicious things. And the... um. The, it's a husband and wife team, and she makes alfajores, which are like those little kind of like a shortbread cookie with a dulce de leche filling inside of it. Absolutely wonderful. I was waiting for my chicken to come out, and I just ate the whole cookie before, before I came out. And I was like, that's fine. Like I'm an adult, and I can eat dessert first if I want.
1: Um, I, it's my new preference, honestly. <laughs> dessert always comes first for me.
0: So that's another new one that's worth, like, even if you live on the east side of Madison, like I do, if you're ever out west, like, that's one to definitely stop by. Downtown, the Cardinal Bar reopened in the beginning of summer. Yes! Which is very cool. It's beautiful in there. They really did a great job, I think, of capturing some of the, the architectural and design elements that are really iconic in that kind of historic building down there. But they've got a little late night menu now with tasty things on it, you know, including like an empanada and a relish tray. It's all very fun. I like that. I like the Cardinals back. I really what I really want to go buy for is Tony Castaneda's Thursday happy hour.
1: He, he does a set. Yeah, some Latin music. <laughs> yes.
0: He played a gig recently and I was talking to him about it. And he was like, yeah, we don't do the late night stuff anymore. We, You know, we're older as a band. <laughs> and I was like, that makes total sense. I am also older. I would like to go to a happy hour rather than something really late at night. So... That's really cool, too.
1: Yeah, I got a chance to go to the new Cardinal and like you, Double Ups, it's beautiful in there. It's got like almost a 1920s like vibe, which I love, love, love. And funny enough, speaking of bathrooms, I ran into performer and activist Lily Lux and she was like, you have to get into the bathroom. And then tell like, because the bathrooms were, like, iconic at the Cardinal Bar before, and now they're, like, swagged out and designed. Like, it's all fancy. Nah. But not, like, too fancy.
0: Yeah, they're really cool. They're not, like, the kind of fancy where you have to, like, pay someone to give you a warm towel, which... Like, intellectually is fine, but I never need that. Like, I'm too Midwestern for that. Like, I can just handle it. <laughs> One that I was really excited about trying, but I haven't been to yet. Several of our staff have already gone. But the Mediterranean joint is in that little strip mall across from Machinery Row. The same strip mall that Bandung is in. And there's, like, a CrossFit. <laughs> um, but it used to be a poke restaurant, and now it's the Mediterranean joint. And it's... we. Our photographer Ruthie got in there and got like photos of them like carving the gyro meat, you know, off the off the rotating spit there. The menu just looks classic and delicious. Like I love many different things on hummus. So that looked really fun. It's kind of Middle Eastern, Mediterranean vibes there. But that is just recently opened, like within the past month. The menu looks very sort of streamlined and delicious and uh, very like approachable in terms of like, yeah, just go and grab some lunch there, which I think is a, an area that Poke Poke filled too, where it was just like, oh, I need some quick lunch. I'm downtown. Where can I swing by? Like if I'm in my car, I can park and just run in and grab something. And that's that's a great spot for that kind of thing, I think.
1: Yeah, so like I feel like I'm picturing heading over to towards Monona and talking about Hank's. I feel like we got to talk about that. It's from the owners of Musky Lounge. And now you can get dinner to go from this place called Hank's and bring it on over to the Muskie Lounge. It's quite lovely.
0: It's delicious over there and it's amazing. I really love it. And I think the dangerous thing about Hank's is that like usually I'll go to the Muskie and I'll be like, okay, I've had like a drink or two and I really need to go home and like make dinner because it's only been drinking there, right? But now you can stay. So I think it's Wednesday through Saturday. So they're only open right now like four days a week. And it's every other night like there there's like a special for the chicken sandwich on some of the nights with the chicken on on the regionally famous biscuit.
1: <laughs> yeah, the biscuit, which is like mint mark love like.
0: <laughs> so good. Right. Yeah. Um, so good. But they're open just four nights a week. Sean, when I was talking to him about that menu, he really wanted to streamline it. He, he was interested. Sean Farr, the chef. Yeah. He wanted to make it something that. You know, he could just bring people in, show them what's up, and then they could go. You know, he didn't, he doesn't want to be super hands on with it. He was trying to make nacho cheese in a way that he really liked. And that was like a whole struggle <laughs> because he kept getting cans of nacho cheese and he didn't like them enough to put them on the fries or whatever. And so he was like, well, I guess I'm making my own, which was not the plan. <laughs> he wanted to have <laughs> things that were good that he could just sort Throw of out the plan. set it and forget <laughs> it. Yeah. It's really great. I I feel like the the burger, I had the veggie burger and my husband had like the actual one, similar to what we did when we went to Sin City Smash, which is a new food truck that's going around this summer. They're delightful. They're doing like churros and burgers, smash burgers. And they're popping up outside of IO Arcade Bar and Cordial, what are your favorite spots? They're kind of popping up at bars around uh, and doing late night food they were like we're gonna do really late night food but then it ends up being a really long day so maybe we won't do that long term but uh they're kind of figuring it out it's noodle and rutger are the two people who own it which is delightful like buddies from back in the day
1: lovely folks Want to talk about Taste of Ukraine, which is a new restaurant in Union Corner's that was opened up by Ukrainian refugees. I feel like fall might be their season.
0: Yeah. And actually, so there have been a couple times where I'm like, oh, I really need to get over there because it's, it's near where I live. And I look at the menu and I'm like, I'm not really in the mood for pierogi yet. Like, p-dogs are the food of my people. I'm Slovak by heritage. And so I'm really excited to have some of the very Eastern European things on their menu. And they've got like a robust vodka list, which you love, right? I really think fall is going to be when they sort of come into it, because that's when you want the soups and the and the lovely like, you know, potato based dishes that you get from this kind of food.
1: Yes. I'm not gonna lie. Actually, I just visited New York City like um, a month ago, and we went to like a Polish place that is like a famous type of huge restaurant. Loved it. It was hot as all heck. And so believe it or not, probably you could go check get some of that right now, but <laughs> fall it's is definitely gonna be perfect. And then getting a little bit outside of Madison over in Spring Green, there's a new place called Reunion. What are they up to?
0: So that is opened by Kyle and Leah, who have they have been the owners of a restaurant called Homecoming, which is in the White School. It's like a historic building. That's like right near Spring Green's downtown and the place where Reunion opened had been like Freddie Valentine's and it had been a couple other things. I think when it was originally opened as the bank back in 2008 uh, is when I first went out there. But it was an old bank that has been a restaurant now for however long that 15 years. It's had different identities. It's tough in Spring Green because it's rural to get like your consistent staff. Like it is for restaurants everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's been tough for them. But they are very committed to being to having at least one of their restaurants open like on off days, like Mondays and Tuesdays and things. Okay. So the last time I was out to Spring Green was like, I guess, like the third weekend in August, I was out in Spring Green and reunion wasn't open. But Homecoming was. So I think they're splitting their time a little bit between the two restaurants for a little while. But I think the goal eventually is going to be to have them both fairly robustly staffed. They're going to have like a full bar with like the extra refrigeration that they need instead of having to use coolers for some things. And it's nice to have like a full on restaurant and they can do things that are a little bit more elaborate there. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to try reunion. But as I said, it hasn't hasn't been open when I've been out there yet.
1: Okay. Well, it sounds like something to, like, put on the map if you're thinking about going to American Players Theater or the shitty barn or, you know, one of those spots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jeez Louise, there's so many, more than I even considered these new spots opening up. I feel like, is this a sign of change here? You know, the pandemic took a toll on a lot of restaurants and I don't know, but it sounds like maybe some restaurant owners are feeling like there's enough business to support them.
0: I think that's true. I think it also depends on where you are and who you are. So, for example, Shortstack Downtown just did a GoFundMe because they're struggling with some financial stuff there. You'll see, I think, the pandemic effect in things like Toto Fresco is coming to downtown and it looks truly like it's designed to run with as few staff as possible. So it's a grab and go cafe. There's a couple coming downtown this fall. Another one is Comfort Fuel, which is by the form, a former partner in Forage Kitchen and Roast Public House downtown. But they're basically they're designing them to be like, this is going to be a grab and go place. It's going to be like bowls where you can change up what the protein is. It's going to be fresh juices. So it's going to be things that are really adaptable to people with dietary restrictions, but also you can go in and you can grab something quickly, and they don't have to have a lot of staff to come out to your table and take your order and do all this. There's not a host. There's not bartenders. So it's a little bit faster in terms of getting in and out, but also fewer people because staffing is still really tough.
1: It sounds like, yeah, so it's impacting the business models in general. Are less people wanting to come in and sit down? (laughs) I think it
0: really depends. I mean, you have you talk to the folks behind Sultan about the no tipping thing. That's another thing that, you know, restaurants have tried to get off the ground in other cities for a very long time. And it's really it's tough to do because we are socialized to tip in this country. You know, whether or not that's an equitable system, that's a whole discussion. But, you know, places like that, I think they're they're looking at they're looking at uh, what does the landscape look like now? So. Some more like Umami Ramen and Dumpling Bar just reopened after being closed for three years. They're adding some new things to that menu. They had been operating out of Taverna Kaya, but now they're they're back in that house on Willie, right? The, oh
1: my gosh, where I first fell in love with ramen, my favorite food, Umami.
0: Right? <laughs> so you see things like that where they're, they've had some time to think about what their business model is. They've had some time to consider what they might want to change as they're reopening. And then you also see people like Awa Sibi, who is opening Let Delista de Awa in the Monsoon Siam location. She's going from a mobile operation to, you know, something that's a brick and mortar. And quick plug, she's going to be doing our Cooking with the Cap Times demo on September 19th as part of a Cap Times Idea Fest. And I'm really excited to work with her. She's going to be doing a whole fish with a cassava couscous. She's from the Ivory Coast. So she does just beautiful food. And similar, like, Rue Bore is a great example of of somebody who started a farmer's market. She's doing Cajun and Creole food, and she's going to have her own brick and mortar. And James Bloodsaw from Just Veggies, he's got a vegan restaurant down on State Street. He's been mobile for a really long time, and he's finally opening a brick and mortar. So I think we're seeing some changeover. Some of it feels like normal changeover to me in terms of Madison's restaurant scene, but it does seem like maybe it's not... It's not as bleak, I think, as we all have thought. There are definitely people who are getting out of it and saying this is not something I want to do anymore. But there are people who are looking at it in different ways of how can I make this more sustainable? You still absolutely see that restaurants aren't open as late, for example, because it's hard.
1: <laughs> but like Ahan, one of my all-time favorites, is got, it got so popular and uh, their space is too small for them. And I hear they're, they're moving to Eldorado Grill. Do we know when that's happening?
0: So they said it was going to be, I think, in the fall is the last I heard. I'm very closely tracking that. I'm tracking Lola's High Low Lounge on the north side. I ran into a couple of the partners uh, last week and they were like, we're going to have news soon, you know, but they don't want to announce anything. That's going to be really cool. It's going to be like global pub food and something also like Fabiola's, which is right next to Leopold's on Regent Street. Sam Brown has been working on that project for well over a year. And every time I ask him about it, he's like, well, I've learned my lesson that if I say something too soon, it could then not be true. Or I could announce an opening date and then we can't confirm it. So there are a lot of people who are, you know, just...
1: Careful. They're waiting to say a certain date, but yeah, I'm super stoked for Ahan. I'm super stoked for Fabiola Spaghetti House in Delhi. That's in the old Rocky Rococo's. Like, I ran into Sam and he showed me some of the pictures of the booths. So I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> You've given us so many new restaurants to go check out and to look forward to, Lindsay. But before you go, gotta ask you are officially our top chef correspondent. (laughs) What's the latest? Oh my gosh, there are so many things that I can't say. Every time you get
0: access to a Top Chef event, they make you sign this very intimidating embargo where it's like, if you reveal this stuff, we will find you a million dollars. And I'm like, I don't have a million dollars. Tricks on so, you. I don't have a million dollars. <laughs> you can sue me all you want, but no. Um, I mean, please don't. So I have been, it was a crazy, incredibly tiring, exciting week of you know Top Chef events. They've been filming. In Milwaukee, they just recently came to Madison. Like they were running around the farmers market. That was pretty obvious. They have massive cameras. <laughs> you can see that they're there. I did get a chance to talk with Tom Calicchio and Gail Simmons, who are you know two of the main judges, and Kristen Kish. And they said that the reception from Wisconsinites has been really wonderful. Um, Gail Gail was talking about how when she went around the farmers market, like the amount she was getting recognized was pretty crazy. And she was like, you know, this is, <laughs> this is my Comic-Con. One of the showrunners said the response that they've gotten in Wisconsin has been like, unlike anything they've seen anywhere else. So I think that's to our credit.
1: They don't know us <laughs> like that, I guess, cause we wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're out here for our We food. are. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Lindsay, thank you so much for giving us the scoop. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me back. That's Lindsay Christians, food editor at the Cap Times. Check out our show notes for links to the restaurants we mentioned. And here's what else Madison is talking about. It's Taste of Madison this weekend. Both Saturday and Sunday, you can enjoy the different tastes Madison has to offer, both old and new, and listen to live music along the way. This is a free admission nonprofit event. There'll be local musicians like Generation Jones and Elizabeth Mary, and touring acts Priscilla Black and Nonpoint. If you want to learn more, check out our show notes for a link to their website. And, dun dun, 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 dun UW football is back baby, Badgers baby. Opening day for the season is this Saturday at Camp Randall. We play against Buffalo at 2.30 p.m. with our new head coach, Luke Fickle. There are fewer than a thousand tickets, and this game is expected to sell out. So if you're interested, I'd recommend you move fast. Happy tailgating to all those who celebrate. And uh, if college football is not your jam, here's your heads up to avoid driving across campus around game time. Don't say we didn't warn you. That's all for today, here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoy the show, why not share this episode with someone who keeps a really nice bathroom? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Ciao.